everyone. Welcome back to the Thrive in EDU podcast. I am Rochelle Denae Poth, and this is episode number 39, uh, which is really exciting for me to see that I've done 38 prior episodes, maybe even a few more than that, because I feel like there were a couple that I just, I didn't give a number to. So it could be well over 40 right now. Uh, I'm also kind of not sure, should I be in season two of my podcast or do I go for like the full year is like the first season? I'm totally not sure how that works. But at any rate, as always, I'm never too sure about the topics uh, when I end an episode, what will be coming up. But in the last couple of episodes over the past couple of weeks, my topics have definitely focused on things happening in the world, um, remote learning, talking about finding ways to connect with our students and, you know, make those connections, communicate, especially now when we're not in that same physical space and schools closed and had to make, you know, a quick transition to remote learning and all of the changes that came with it. So I've been thinking over the past couple of weeks about school and what it might look like when we can return to our physical classrooms, hopefully when the next school year starts, but it's also interesting to kind of watch things unfold in the news, listen to what the CDC is saying. Okay, so I've been thinking about what might school look like? Um, What are the changes that we might see? And I've been in conversations and I read an article earlier this week uh, from NPR and it had like nine things we might see or nine changes and it was really interesting reading it and I'll link it as well but it was some of the same things that I had been thinking about like how could it work Um, a few months ago we were talking about you know providing courses for our students when in some schools we don't have enough teachers and so we have larger class sizes you know how can we be creative with the courses that we're offering and scheduling And so it's really interesting to see how some of that might come into play now. So some of the things that I've been thinking, one that was on this list too is about um, the hygiene and taking care of ourselves, our students in the space, and what are we gonna have to set up to make sure that everybody is protected. And I think it's going to be interesting, right? as we see how things unfold um, just in life over the next couple of weeks or however long you have left in your school year. I know for myself, our school year was to end right around June 11th or 12th. And uh, I'm not sure exactly what the end date will be officially for school. I mean, in Pennsylvania, we are out of school for the rest of this academic year. And so depending on um, how that unfolds, I know there were about two weeks where we had that initial time away from school. And then we we started our remote teaching uh, on March 30th. And so just thinking forward, you know, it's hard to say what will schools and learning look like in a few months when high schools, elementary schools, colleges should be heading back into the classrooms. And even just in preparing, I know that at the end of the school year, you know, we pack up our classrooms. Uh, we're always thinking ahead about the next year. And then even over the summer, a lot of teachers, including myself, go back into our classrooms, do some cleaning or reorganizing, and then even start to prepare for the upcoming year. And so 
those are just some of the things that I've been thinking about. Like, will we be able to do that? Um, will we know in the middle of July if we are able to start back to school? Some schools start back in the first week of August. I know my school starts back usually around the middle of August. I think it's a little bit later this year, but what are the different precautions that all schools in our country will have to make sure that they are taking before students and faculty and staff and everybody can head back into the classrooms and know that um, everybody's going to be protected? So there are a lot of considerations that have to be um, considered, right? <laughs> Got to consider those considerations. A little bit repetitive, but um, just looking at our classroom spaces. Uh, if you teach in a classroom and let's say that you are a science teacher and you have labs and so you have students interacting with, with equipment or in a foods course and students are preparing food and same thing, um, depending on the setup of your classroom, if you have flexible seating where students are moving around the classroom, sitting in different pieces of furniture or interacting with different things in your classroom, what does this current situation mean for that type of a learning space and those learning experiences. Um, I have no idea at this point. And I guess we'll see what happens with time, with um, the recommendations that come from the CDC, what happens with states as we start to you know, go back to as much of a normal day-to-day -day experience in life and of course in learning as we can, but it's, it's still uncertain. And um, based on what I've been reading and what I've been hearing, just in the little bit that I do hear on the news, uh, which is not that often, but I do tend to read more about it than I, than I actually see it on TV. But what it will look like in the fall, are we going to have another experience where we need to go back and have a stay at home where schools can't be in session during that period of time? I think that with all of the things that have been happening, it's easy to look at a lot of the negatives that have come to be because of this and to feel down and frustrated and confused and anxious and all of that. But we also need to take it as an opportunity to see what can we do that is positive? Like what are some of the changes that we can bring about? Um, what will school look like? What do we want school to look like? If we've been given a chance in a sense to kind of reimagine the, the space that we teach in, the types of learning experiences we provide for our students, um, all of that. What if we have students who can't fit into their schedule our class? And so we're looking at online learning that might have been provided by a third party or some other type of program. What if now we have options and opportunities where students are not reporting to school every single day or for the entire school day? Uh, and we might not have a choice in that. It's just things that I think we need to start thinking about and processing like those what ifs. You know, what if this same thing happened again? Now, a second time we'd be more prepared because we're working through it now. But we also have to kind of analyze like what are the steps that we've taken? Uh, where do we feel the most unprepared? What can we do proactively just in case it happens again? And then always being mindful of the needs of our students and figuring out what will work the best. Um, definitely no easy answer to it. It will be interesting to see what happens over the course of the rest of this school year, over the summer, as we enter into what will be the start of the new academic 2020-2021 school year to see how everything unfolds. But I think for me, I will consider 
what types of opportunities can I provide for my students that will give them more independence in learning that takes it away from more of a structured type of an experience that I might have been giving to give them more opportunities to explore something on their own, um, to work at their own pace, of course, to uh, experience some challenges because that's what we do in life. We work through challenges and we have that productive struggle. But all of these kind of random things are going through my mind right now, like thinking to the first day of school where I might have students come in, greet them at the door, do some different icebreakers or activities, um, you know, have them moving around the classroom and not ever really giving a thought about having to stand and stay separate, separated, um, having to make sure, you know, what if we have to wear masks? Like I said earlier, all of these considerations that we need to, to think about now uh, in pre preparation for the future. So I know that's kind of like a nice mix of things, but some random things that I've been thinking about and trying to process, which hopefully in my next episode, I'll come to more of a, I don't know, idea of what I think could work. Uh, certainly love to be part of the conversations that happen about what we can do in the event that we can't go back to the normal way we've been doing with schooling with a set schedule and classes and students all in the class at the same time in the building at the same time. So I uh, would love to hear your feedback and your experiences or whatever you're hearing about this as well. And as always, thank you for listening and apologies for some of the audio quality earlier, but I was actually sitting outside for a little bit and uh, taking a break from my workspace because it's good to get up and to move around, but I also like to be productive. So I decided to just start thinking about some of the things that were on my mind, but talk about them in my podcast. So thanks for listening and I will catch you next time.